0: You are listening to the Rock That Creative Job podcast with Jamie Roberts, episode 23. This podcast has a very focused mission to inspire, motivate and empower you with the tools, insight and guidance you need to get better jobs, better work, better pay and build the creative career and life you've always wanted. So click subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast and let's rock. Hey creatives, happy May. It is officially Mental Health Month, and I have a string of fantastic podcast episodes lined up for you this month. And if you follow me on LinkedIn or Instagram, I will be posting content almost every day to help you focus on creating a better mental health experience for yourself, even if you are in a job that is frustrating or you are looking for a job or you're dealing with a toxic environment or a terrible boss, I'm going to address a lot of these different topics in my content. So please follow me on those channels and continue to listen and subscribe to this podcast. But before we get into all of that, I want to let you guys know that I'm going to be in Chicago speaking at the Agency Management Institute's Build a Better Agency Summit May 15th through the 17th. If you are a creative leader in a small to mid-sized agency, this summit is your jam. I'll be giving a talk on the 16th in the afternoon on how to rethink creative hiring so you can increase retention and have a happy staff that enjoys working for you and working for the organization that you're in. There's not another conference in the US that does this deep dive into the agency world and is going to be super amazing. And I am very excited to have been asked to speak and I look forward to meeting you if you go. So let's get into the mental health. Because we need to get our minds right to get our lives right. And whether we like it or not, our creative careers follow our thoughts. And our thoughts are not always beneficial to us. Creatives are more likely to experience mental health struggles because of the high levels of dopamine that are required to fuel our daily creative work. We've all had those experiences where We have a frustrating conversation with a boss or a coworker. We have client feedback that makes us feel like we don't know how to do our jobs. And the creativity does not flow. The ideas do not come. You feel like you're pushing a shopping cart through sand when those things happen. And that just degrades our sense of value in ourselves and what we put into the world. We also tend to feel more isolated and misunderstood than other professionals. Because of the way we view the world, we see things that other people don't see. We have unique perspectives and we are paid to look at things in unusual ways. But that often makes us feel like we're the fragile unicorn that no one understands. And if you're working in an environment where you are the only creative, that can really amplify that feeling of isolation. You get inside your head. And what do we do when we get inside our heads? We tell ourselves crazy things that absolutely are not true. And that affects our work. That affects the morale. That affects how we engage with other humans in our jobs. So that's something I really want to make sure we focus on and talk about because that's so critical to pushing your career forward and making you feel like a successful, talented creative because you are. And that is how we all should feel. The other thing that works against us in terms of mental health is that we are almost always our harshest critics. We immediately spot the flaws in everything we do. We harbor the resentment for clients and bosses and managers who make us change things that we don't agree with. We feel the anxiety when someone asks us to do something and says, oh, this probably won't take you very long. When we know this is a really heavy lift, it requires some strategic thinking and they want it by the end of the day. We hold that and we hold the regret that we didn't speak up. And in addition to this, when we see those flaws or we make a mistake in work or we don't see the typo before it goes live, we kick ourselves when we're down and we tell ourselves the stories that we don't have talent. We aren't good at this job. We aren't as valuable as other creatives and we need to hang on for dear life to an environment that actually doesn't work for us. This is the root of imposter syndrome. As I've worked over the past two years with creatives all over the world, I hear the same stories from everyone. They're different versions, but they're the same stories. So if you're doing this, just know, you're doing what everyone else does, but that doesn't make it right. And I want to work to kick off a movement where we all assess what actually contributes to those thoughts so we can start to change those patterns. We can tell ourselves different stories. We can control the narrative. Because let's get real. We control the narrative for our clients and our companies, but we don't control our own narrative inside our head. We just let things take over, ruminate about something that happened two weeks ago, and then we let it take us down. And what do we do from there? We stay in jobs we hate. We accept jobs that probably aren't a fit for us because we feel like we don't deserve more. We disconnect from our teams. We have uncomfortable conversations with our bosses. And worst of all, we don't do the creative work that we really want to do. We don't give 110% because we don't feel like our value is 110%. And that is something that we cannot continue. And I want to help everyone control those narratives and figure out why they're telling themselves these ridiculous things. So over the next few weeks on all my channels, I will be posting daily prompts to help you rethink the stories that your your brain is feeding you. I will be telling personal stories about my experience with mental health in this industry as I climbed the ladder over 20 years, taking on more and more responsibility and thinking that that was going to naturally make me a more confident person. Spoiler alert. It did not. And the assumption that I had around title and responsibility as it equated to confidence, that was absolutely incorrect. So when I felt my mental health sliding and my physical health being affected, I didn't realize that I was absolutely a victim of my creative mind because we all know how to tell great stories visually verbally, in whatever way the creative comes out of you. But being a victim of your creative mind means that you might be living in a narrative that your mind has created as a reaction to your present circumstances. And this is probably not reality, but this is also when we tell ourselves the best lies. We tell ourselves that we're not hireable anywhere else and we have no real talent. We could never compete with all the other designers out there who are looking for jobs, or that there's nowhere that will light us up or pay us more or respect us, or other creative jobs are just as stressful as this one, so why would I make the effort to get out of it? You don't have any choice but to work these long hours that are contributing to burnout and the separation of you and your family and your friends and doing things that you enjoy, or, and this is the worst, because all of these feed into this, I am a creative imposter and everyone is gonna find out. But the reality is that negative thoughts like that just promote more negative thoughts. How many times have you had a negative interaction with a boss or a teammate or a client and then you get back to your desk and you think, oh, this chair is so uncomfortable. This lighting is the worst in here. It's so hot and I can't stand all these people chit-chatting around me. Why won't these programs work and it's taking forever for Photoshop to save this thing? You just roll yourself into the negative vortex. That is really hard to get out of. But sometimes the good thing about negative thoughts is that they help us actually identify what needs to be tended to. And now if this is a one-off encounter with someone that you have always had a great relationship with and it just doesn't go great when you're reviewing work or you're sharing new concepts, that might be an isolated incident. But if this is your daily life, those negative thoughts are directives for you because they're trying to get you to focus on what isn't working, to move out of that space, to make the changes, to have the conversations, to start looking for an environment that might be better for you. Everywhere is not for everyone. And if you've been in a job that was great in the beginning, but there's been some changes, there's been some leadership restructures, there's some team members that have left that you really enjoyed working with, there's a new set of clients, it's okay that maybe you don't like that anymore. I don't want you to stay in this place of continually bringing yourself down because you're just trying to make it work. Whenever we say we're trying to make something work, That usually means it doesn't work and it's going to be an uphill battle. And so paying attention to how your body feels when you go to work in the morning or when you check your emails or when you have those Zoom calls with your boss to check in or when you present concepts to clients, if you feel uncomfortable, your mental health has now started to affect your physical health. And we don't want to get to that point because if we're doing that, we can't be doing creative work. We can't be coming up with ideas. We can't allow our brains to expand and see all of the amazing things in this world that will contribute to developing those ideas further. There are really only two ways to know how you're doing. One is by how you feel every day and the other is by how things are turning out for you. And if you improve how you're feeling, then you improve how things will turn out. So mental health is more than just feeling good about where you are. Mental health is the gateway, the portal to improving your life, to making more money, to getting better clients, to being more engaged with the work you do so you can do great work that makes people gravitate to you. So let's talk about a few of the key areas that create a real struggle when it comes to mental health for creatives. And I want to dispel some of the myths around these because the way we think about them is generally not the reality. It's just our brains telling us stories so we don't do anything that might be risky. And our sense of risk is different than the reality of the risk right? There's nothing wrong with looking for a job when you have another job. There's nothing wrong with scrolling through the listings. But if your brain isn't in the right space to see your value as it relates to the jobs that are posted, that's going to drag you down even more because you're going to see things and say, oh, I could never do that. Oh, I don't have those skills. I could never compete with the people who are probably applying. That is where our brains take us. So they don't even allow us to make those moves, take those steps forward to improve our creative careers because they want to keep us safe. We are up against our minds every day and the creative mind can come up with infinitely more reasons to do something than most other people because it's our job to influence others, pitching ideas, presenting concepts, defending our work. That is what we do. So of course we're going to do that for ourselves. Why wouldn't we? We're going to tell ourselves a million reasons why we should not look for another job, why we should not consider a different angle in our career, why we should not talk to the boss about this problem that we're having or ask about a promotion. Don't rock the boat. Don't say anything. Don't make waves. But that doesn't help us with That strength that we need to build with our mental health, it doesn't help us feel less like imposters and it doesn't help us get to the next step in our creative careers. So one of the major things that I recognize when I work with people who have lost their jobs unexpectedly is that they've just experienced a trauma. And if this has happened to you and you didn't think it was a trauma, I want you to look at this again because it absolutely is. And I'm not saying that you need to make it bigger than it is. But what I'm saying is you want to recognize that if you experienced a trauma, there needs to be a recovery period for you. And a lot of people don't think of it that way. They think of it as a transactional experience. I got paid to do a thing. Now I don't do that thing anymore. So I'm just going to do a thing somewhere else. And that's not what it was. This is an intense relationship that you were in with multiple other humans for a period of years. And that's not something that you can just wipe away. There is a lot to process. But we don't think about it that way because we're thinking about it from the logical, rational perspective of, oh, we need to get another job. We lost our job. We need to get another one. There doesn't, there shouldn't be any time in between those two because we have bills to pay and we have to live our lives and we have to keep moving. We have to keep the wheels turning on our career. If your spouse left you for some reason, I guarantee that no one would tell you to hurry and get another one. They would tell you to take the time to grieve and process what just happened because your job is a relationship too. And the sooner we recognize that, the sooner we'll know how to deal with all of the struggles that come with it. And your future creative self will thank you if you can see it from that perspective Instead of just a transactional experience that you should pretend didn't affect you in any emotional way. The second thing that I recognize with a lot of people I work with, that they come to me with baggage around the toxic work environment that they're either currently in or they just left because they couldn't take it anymore. A lot of that guilt and frustration comes from the idea that we should just be grateful for our jobs. I'm not saying don't be grateful. I'm just saying be grateful for the things that treat you well, not just anything in your life. And I have to tell you, I'm kind of over it because it's a confusing message for those of us in creative career situations that are not good for us, that are toxic or negative or simply misaligned to who we are and what we want to do in our creative lives and how we want to contribute to the world. So just know if you are in a toxic work environment and you keep telling yourself, I should just be happy to have this job because a lot of other people don't have jobs and I have this job, that doesn't matter. There are other jobs out there for you. Unless you get out of that mindset that you should just take whatever someone casts aside, you should just deal with however other people make you feel. You're not going to see the light with those other opportunities. You're not going to recognize them when they come in front of you because you're going to be so fearful and you're going to think, well, I'm ungrateful if I look for other jobs, if I'm cheating on my job, if I'm not being loyal to this company. And maybe they paid you fairly. Maybe the health benefits are great. Maybe they were really, really flexible with you when you went through a difficult time in your life or an illness. And of course you should appreciate that, but that doesn't mean you need to stay there forever. So if you feel like something's gotten toxic where you're bringing it home with you and you can't stop ruminating at night and you wake up at 3 a.m. thinking about something that someone said to you about your work that made you feel terrible, you don't need to be grateful for that. What you do need to do is you need to recognize you're better than this. This is now a misalignment for you and it's time to move forward. And if you need help figuring that out, you know I'm here. The third thing that I recognize in people when they come to me struggling and we work together to figure out what their new path looks like, their experiences have created an enormous confidence deficit. We've all been there. It leads to the imposter syndrome. You look at other people's work. You think, oh my gosh, I could never do that. Look, they work for all these big brands. My portfolio doesn't look that good. I don't know what to do to fix it. I'm not sure anyone's going to ever take me seriously. Whatever your brain tells you to keep you stagnant, it's going to tell you. Because let's be real, doing a portfolio and creating a resume and explaining and articulating your value, it's a lot of work for us. But that's why having Good mental health as a creative is so important because we can't build our self-promotion without it because we're always second-guessing ourselves. And creative career success is not a competition with your peers. If you think it is, that actually requires you to view confidence as a limited resource and assume that if others have it, then you can't have it too. And that's crazy talk because confidence is not a limited resource. This is something that everyone can have. And this is my goal in what I do to make sure that everyone can get there. Everyone can find their way to that 110% confidence in themselves and their work so that they can make the choices that benefit them, that benefit their families, and that benefit their creative souls. Because you have something inside you that's making you do this work. And I want to make sure that you are feeling vibrant And you're looking forward to every day. What else can I do? How can I change this? How can I problem solve this? And obviously not every experience in your job is gonna be like, oh, this is great. There's no edits, one rev, it went right out. The client loves everything I do. That's really not reality, but the goal is to respond to it in a positive way because your thoughts dictate how you take action. So if you don't respond in a positive way, you're probably gonna not take the action that you want which means the work isn't going to be what you want, which means your confidence is going to sink. Do you see the cycle here? I know this cycle because I've been there many times myself. And that's why I want to help people stay out of this loop and recognize what's happening before they get taken down. The fourth thing that people that I work with are always frustrated with is the job search. And this is people who have jobs and are gainfully employed or people who were laid off two years ago and have been struggling. Everyone has the same degree of frustration because all you're doing is trying to get noticed over and over and over and over. And those rejections and the ghosting and the useless conversations with recruiters that don't ever follow up, that really does a number on our self-worth and in turn does a number on our mental health. And I have a few episodes about job search burnout that I recorded in the beginning of the year. If you are struggling with this, I highly recommend you listen to those. And just a note on ghosting. Ghosting is a company's way of telling you that they are immature, they lack courage, and they don't value human relationships. If this is how they treat you before you work there, imagine what's going to happen when you're an employee. If a company does not value human relationships, it's not going to value the dialogue that needs to happen to make great creative work. It's also not going to value the team collaboration and the openness that is required for you to come up with the best ideas. So when someone goes to you, they're basically telling you, you didn't want to work here anyway because we're terrible and I've been ghosted. I've been ghosted after many rounds of interviews. In my episode on ghosting, I talk about how I was ghosted when I was applying for a job 3,000 miles away, and I was all set to move. And then all of a sudden, they disappeared. But it has a really very surprising ending. So if you haven't listened to that one, I highly recommend it because you will be shocked at what I actually found out. Also, the job search, it puts you in a position to take advice from people who are not suited to give you career advice. A lot of people I work with say that they went to a generic career counselor who told them that they needed to make their resume more like an operations director or that they don't need a portfolio or they talked to a friend and their friend told them that their portfolio is great, but their friend works in procurement or their parents are telling them to take any job available. Just take a job, make sure you're secure, make sure you can pay your bills, and that's what parents are supposed to tell you, right? They, they want you to be safe. But if your friends and your family and your coworkers are telling you to go after things that feel grossly opposite of what your heart actually wants, you need to take a pause and recognize that it's okay to have a vision for your own life that is different than the one others have for you. Because that is how it should be. They are not you and you are not them. They are not living your life. They are not inside your creative head. They don't know the desires that you have around animation or product design or writing. They just know they want you to be safe and they want you to have health insurance and they want you to wear clean underwear because in case you go to the emergency room, then everything will be okay and they won't look like bad parents. But there's more to a creative career than just safety. That's why we go down the road of feeling like an imposter because We want this so badly that it scares us. And when our brains get scared, they tell us crazy things like we're fakes, we're phonies, everyone's going to know. Why even try? You're not good enough. You're not like that other person. They have more experience. They have more brands in their portfolio. They have a better resume. They have more connections. Because the desire to work in this industry is so high that fear is going to come in and ratchet that back for you. So you don't get disappointed. And I want to acknowledge that it is absolutely scary. You're putting yourself out there. You're showing people ideas that you had and no one else. You are being very vulnerable and you have to be. That's why your brain's trying to keep you safe. The trick I have found to making yourself realize that it's okay to be scared is to chase after the feelings that make you happy and light you up no matter how small they are and build off of those feelings so that you recognize that you are the only person who can do what you do. You are one of one and no one else has your perspective and insight. No one else has your brain. And for creatives, that is so so valuable. I have worked with hundreds of people and every single person has a different perspective on their work, on how they create it, on the ideas that were generated and comparing yourself with others and feeling like you're not good enough and letting your boss tell you your ideas aren't valuable, working in an environment where you feel completely isolated and you're not able to contribute and have that collaborative, energetic connection with other creatives, that's all going to detract from those feelings of worthiness. This is why I'm focusing so heavily on this because I recognize when I work with my clients, the main challenge they have is overcoming all of these mindset struggles. It's not the tactics. It's the mindset. It's not recognizing that they're good enough. But when you're in an environment that makes you feel like you don't have enough and you're not enough, you're going to present yourself as if you don't have enough and you're not enough. And I want everyone to be able to sell themselves. I want everyone to articulate their value in a way that makes people line up to work with you. If you have had any of these misconceptions, if you're struggling and you cannot overcome these feelings of imposter syndrome, lack of confidence, feeling like there's more out there for you, please contact me because I want to help you. This is what I do. This is what I have devoted my life to. And after 20 years in creative, I have seen it all. And there is nothing that you can tell me that I probably haven't experienced. Because I've worked on the in-house and agency side, both as an individual designer and as a team leader. I've seen a lot of things and I've recognized the struggles that people have, whether it's in myself or my team. And I know how to help you. And I want you to get out of this feeling. I want you to have the confidence that you deserve because We deserve to see your work and you deserve to put it out there in a way that makes you feel good and valuable and like you were put on this earth to do exactly what you're doing. You can connect with me on Rock That Creative Job and send me a message there. You can also DM me at LinkedIn or Instagram. And I also want to mention that I have 20 free videos. So if you are struggling with things like your resume, portfolio, cover letters, how to handle a phone interview versus a video interview versus an in-person interview, All of those videos are available for you on my website. They are absolutely free. So please utilize that resource. To help yourself take the steps that maybe you've been a little afraid to take. And if you're not sure what comes after that and you feel stuck, please contact me because I want to help you. It is my mission to help every creative. It is the privilege of my life to do this work and to help so many people around the world. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave me a rating if you're enjoying this because those really help me promote my content so that more creatives can feel better about what they do and get the jobs that they really want. And stay tuned for more mental health conversations in the month of May. And thanks for listening. And I'll catch you in the next one.